Welcome to the Single Greatest Choice Podcast, where single women find support, empowerment, information, and inspiration around the topics of singleness, fertility, motherhood, and mindset. I'm your host, Katie B., and I'm thrilled to be back for a second season to share more stories of women like you and me who are navigating these choices, along with interviews with experts in the fields of fertility preservation, coaching, and psychology. Whether you're just starting to question what to do about your finite fertility, or whether you're ready to make the leap into solo motherhood by choice, I hope these conversations will help you to feel more supported and confident along the way. Because whatever you decide to do with these years could be the single greatest choice you'll ever make, and you don't have to make it alone. This week, my guest is Nora Deborah. Nora is a preconception health coach, holistic nutritionist, and yoga instructor who helps women prepare their bodies for pregnancy and have a healthy baby after the age of 30. Nora's connection to the topics we discuss on the show is both personal and professional. While her signature coaching program, Holistic Pregnancy Prep, teaches women to naturally achieve their best health before pregnancy so that mind and body are in the most optimal state to get pregnant, Nora is also a 37-year-old single woman who's passionate about preserving and optimizing her own fertility, as well as exploring the idea of solo motherhood herself in the next few years. Please join me in welcoming Nora to the podcast. Hi, Nora. Welcome to the Single Greatest Choice podcast. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm good. It's so great to have you here. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm excited to converse with you for the next little while. So I guess let's start with the personal and just kind of give us some information about who you are, where you are and um, how you connect with the topics that we talk about on the show. Yeah, starting with my personal story. So my name's Nora. I am a preconception health coach and I'm a holistic nutritionist, personal trainer and yoga instructor. So that's kind of in a nutshell what I do professionally. But really the way that I, the way that I moved into this industry professionally was because of my personal story. So right now I'm a 37 year old single woman and I've always known from a very, very little girl that I've always wanted to have my own family. I actually claimed my youngest brother, who's six years younger than me, as my own little baby. And he was on my hip and I changed his diapers and I fed him when he was born. And my mom was pretty happy about that because I also have three older brothers. So there was a lot of us little rugrats running around. (laughs) And so when my little brother came, he was my little baby. And so I just had this motherly instinct in me from a very, very young age. And, you know, growing up and living life and moving to your teens and into your 20s, you know, you always kind of maybe have this, or at least for me, I had this vision in my head for I'm going to get married and I'm going to have kids. And that's what my life is going to look like. But as time moves forward and you begin to mature into an adult and you start dating and you start, you know, moving through life, (laughs) I think we all can relate, especially to a lot of people who or a lot of your listeners can relate that life doesn't always work out as we think it's going to, or Mm -hmm. as we have in our brain, how it's planned. And so for me in my twenties, I was planning to be a mom and have kids by this stage. But as I was approaching my thirties, there was still no life partner. And I was literally in the midst of pivoting and changing my career path. So I actually started off, my background really is in psychology and human resources. And I did that for about seven years. I worked in the corporate world. And then I was in a very toxic relationship in my life in like my mid to late twenties. And that relationship was the catalyst that really changed the trajectory of my whole entire life. And that really all came about because I was really stressed. And I was like, what do I do to 
like I need something, I need some sort of outlet. So I found, and I went to go take a yoga class and it was that moment of that yoga class. And I was like, what is this? Like sweat coming out of my ears and my nose. It was a hot yoga class actually. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually grew up competitive dancing. So when I found myself on the mat, it just fully brought me back to like my childhood and my passion for movement, my passion for health. And from that point forward, I decided to go ahead and do my yoga teacher training. And then from there, I learned about a Eastern philosophy of medicine called Ayurveda. And I did another 200 hour practitioner course for Ayurveda and yoga. And then from there, I learned about holistic nutrition. And then I went back to school uh, part-time for holistic nutrition. And then while I was in school for holistic nutrition, because I'm so passionate about women's health, I decided to take a continuing education course on pregnancy and early childhood nutrition. And that was kind of the first thing that really sparked, okay, women's bodies preparing for a baby. And so it was really in my early thirties that kind of got me to a place where I was like, you know what, I don't foresee myself having children in the relatively near future as in like the next couple of years what can I do for myself to naturally preserve my own fertility and optimize my fertility through lifestyle and through nutrition to ensure that when it's time that I actually will have a baby, that, you know, my body is in the best possible state and condition that it can be in. So that's kind of like the little bit of a personal backstory of kind of how I got to where I am today. And now 37, this is now seven years later after starting my own business. It's still in my plan to have kids, but we'll see how that manifests in the next couple of years for me. So yeah, that's the personal side. That's great. So you are, have you considered single motherhood? Is that something that's on your radar at this point? Are you really committed to finding that partner first? Like what, what does that decision-making look like for you? Yeah. And, and this is why I love your podcast because I get to hear so many different people's stories and where they are on the journey with the thought process of all of this. And so at the beginning of this year, Uh, Actually, I would say last year in November, which is my birthday, when I was turning 36, I was like, that's it. I'm doing this on my own and I'm going to be pregnant by the time I'm 37. So I took myself to the fertility clinic at the beginning of this calendar year, 2020. I did my cycle monitoring. I got my AMH checked. I did my whole cycle monitoring to look at all of the blood work, the hormones, the ultrasounds, just to see what my health was like. And they had told me everything looked textbook perfect. You're good to go here's what you have to do to pick a sperm donor and then come back when you're ready and we'll do the IUI. And so then COVID hit Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) and, (laughs) and again, something else to change the trajectory of plans. (laughs) So COVID hit. And then I just, I don't know, I just decided to step back from that. And to be honest, it made me really think it made, it kind of forced me to really think about, you know, is this something that I do want to do on my own? And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, I think for me, I would rather, I don't want to get to a point in my life where I'm like, I'm past the point of having kids because I know I've always wanted to have kids. And so I think I'm giving myself maybe like another year or two years to really decide if that special person does not show up for me, then I will, I will definitely move forward on doing it on my own. It is my preference to do it with a partner, but if that doesn't happen for me, then I think I'm going to bite the bullet and take the chance and do it on my own. So, yeah, I'm curious what it was about COVID and that whole experience. Like what were the thoughts that you were having that was making it feel less like a solid plan that you wanted to follow through with? 
Yeah, I, th I guess it was just the uncertainty and like the fear of, you know, like at the beginning of the pandemic, I think now we've come to a point, you know, we're December. So we're about what, seven or eight months into this pandemic. And I think, so I live in Toronto, Canada. And so we are kind of like waving in and out through all these different lockdowns, right? We're mm -hmm. locked down and then we're not locked down and then we're locked down and we're not locked down. And I just felt like this decision for me is such a big decision that already has a lot of uncertainty to it that when COVID happened, something in my intuition just told me like, it's not time yet. Mm -hmm. It's not time yet. And so I just kind of listened to my gut and was like, okay, I'm going to continue moving forward and working with my business. And I'm going to give myself maybe another year and, and, and see what happens with the state of the world and potentially move forward depending on where we are in March, 2021. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Thank you for sharing that because I think that so many of us feel this pressure, like a freight train that it's just, it doesn't even feel like a choice necessarily. So it is really beautiful that you're able to listen to that intuition and kind of slow down and, and consider whether this is the right choice for you, because I think that this is a, a great option for a lot of women, but it's not the right thing for every woman at the moment that she starts to consider it. And I actually, that was what probably one of the most uncomfortable things that has happened to me through this whole journey was getting some real pushback from actually another coach online who, when I mentioned that I was planning to take a break from trying to conceive and this person just responded with, a very fear-based response of like, I don't know why you would take a break. It took me X number of years to get pregnant. And that, you know, it just was, it felt very fear laden. And I know that she had the intent of like warning me, you know, what the things that she wished she would have known, but it was just mm -hmm. like very hard to have my kind of my gut intuition questioned by someone that didn't know me, you know? And so I just, I want to commend you for both being open and also listening to that part of you. That's like, not now, maybe later, because it does sound like it's authentic and not fear-based, even though there are scary things happening. It's more just, I'm trying to tune into what's right for me and wait and see. And Exactly. And I think as women, I think as we move through our twenties into our thirties and especially moving through our thirties, you know, into the later thirties and into our, I'm not there yet, but eventually into the early forties, I love learning and watching women in power who have, or like feminist women and so many women who are all about women's rights and really honing in on our women's needs. And I think we really start to cultivate that as we move through our adulthood and our teens, we're just trying to fit in, right? Like, and then our twenties, we're like, okay, we're a little bit more independent. We have more disposable income. We move out on our own. We find ourselves. And then we come into our thirties and then we're like, you know what? I don't give a bleep on what anybody thinks about what I do. I'm going to do what's good for me <laughs> because I feel like we've just had maybe enough life experience to take us to a point where we're like, I need to make the best decisions for me and honor my own body and honor my own journey. And I think that really does only come with time, experience and wisdom of living life. And I really noticed that for myself as I moved through my thirties. And like I said, like last year when I was 36 at 37, I am going to be pregnant. No ifs, ands, or buts, mm -hmm. but here I am. <laughs> and it's always about tweaking and changing. And I guess like sifting and sorting and, and figuring out what is going to be the best decision for me right now, because things are always changing. Mm -hmm. So, and I think it's possible yeah. to be really 
tuned into our intuition in some areas and not others. I mean, I think that it's not that I wouldn't do anything differently in my relationship history, but when I look back, it's like, no, I really was doing the best that I could. And I really was listening to my intuition for the most part. I don't feel like I made really fear-based decisions in my dating life, but when it came to fertility, I certainly did. And I can look back at all of the IUIs that I did. And not a, one of those were truly based on being ready to be a mom. They were all based on what I perceived as time running out. And I don't know, it's, it's a hard thing because I don't want women to hear, just sit back and do nothing. And don't, I mean, what you've done is going, you got your AMH checked. You went and got the data that you needed to kind of know where you are fertility wise. And it's no guarantee. I mean, that doesn't mean Mm -hmm. it's going to be easy or hard or what you just don't know. And there is a risk in waiting, but if your intuition is guiding you to do that, I think that, you know, it's just a balance of taking data and also that kind of sense of being led and putting it all together. Right. And at the same time, doing everything that I can for my lifestyle and nutrition to be able to make my body and my mind and my reproductive organs as healthy as possible. So I preach this preconception health lifestyle to my clients. And this is what I coach my clients through. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I live this and do this myself. So I feel blessed to be in this position, right? And I can share my experience with my clients. We're all going through our own experience. But exactly like you said, collect and gather all the necessary data and nothing is a guarantee. Like you said, even though I'm living this preconception healthy lifestyle or even though my AMH level is you know, relatively good, even though everything looked good with my blood work, nothing is guaranteed and you don't really know until mm-hmm. you start trying. But like you said, we got to do the best we can right. until until we know how to do better. So, right. And it's so hard because there are people who do all the, you know, quote unquote, right things in terms of nutrition and and health and all of that. And then, and they struggle. And then there are women who are, you know, chugging their Dr. Peppers as they're walking into the, (laughs) to the doctor's office and, and they do fine. you know, I mean, it's just, there's no really rhyme or reason, but that being said, there are things we can do that do improve our choices. And so I'd love to hear more about, we're going to get into specifically the work that you do, but right now I'm really curious about, because we're kind of talking about your personal story, what is it like to work in preconception and to work with women who are trying to get pregnant as a woman who has not gone through that herself yet? Yeah. So I guess a few different things. The first one is, I mean, to me, it feels very empowering. I feel grateful and honored to be able to help women move through this stage of their life. And even though I haven't necessarily gone through the physical experience myself of trying to get pregnant, being pregnant and having a baby, I've been in this industry for about seven years now. I've done tons of research. I've worked with tons of clients and I see a lot of success stories Mm -hmm. that in itself makes me confident in knowing that my program is fairly sound. Now, at the same time, I have to say, especially, you know, moving into like more of my later thirties, in all honesty, sometimes Kate, it can be triggering. It's mm-hmm. also can be very triggering for me, right? Because this is something that I want for myself. I'm helping other women go through this. And maybe I'm getting clients who are in their mid to late thirties who are going through fertility treatments, having a hard time conceiving, maybe have had some miscarriages already. So when they share their story with me, a lot of emotion comes up when I work with clients. That to me can also be a little bit triggering because I'm like, well, oh my goodness, she's 38. I'm going to be 38 next year. Like, 
am I waiting too long? Do I need to do this now? Like, this is what she's going through. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit of both. If I'm being completely honest with you, I'm not going to say I'm sitting here with nothing hits me, nothing touches me. Like we're all, I'm human too. Right. So yeah, it's two pieces. It's very gratifying. I feel honored that women put their trust in me with regards to their health. And at the same time, it can be a little bit challenging for me sometimes, especially just depending on where I am emotionally mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. just where I am with my headspace. I appreciate you being time. honest about that because it, you know, I, that word, even like being triggered, I feel like that is so we, we hear that so often these days. And I, I really had kind of a light bulb moment because I saw a post on Instagram from someone I'm connected with there who pointed out that she was triggered by other women's losses and I hate to call it failures, but that's kind of the language that we use in terms of fertility treatment, that that was very triggering to her to see, because she was pretty early on in her process to see other women not being successful. But then I also see a lot of language around women being triggered by other women's success. Like, why is it so easy for her? Why is it, you know, (laughs) and I think that that experience of just watching I mean, social media can be so beautiful, but then also, you know, watching other people's experiences, it does, we do have feelings about it. And I think anytime someone like you can say, you know, it's hard for me to watch other people going through this. I think that that just makes the rest of us like, okay, okay. So that's normal. Like we all go, we all have those moments, you know? (laughs) Yes. And I think like by human nature, naturally we compare, we compare Mm -hmm. ourselves to people and like, that's part of the ego. That's, it's just kind of like part of human nature and Mm -hmm. maybe is what helps us evolve and progress into surviving and adapting as a species. It's part of who we are. I think what the important part of that is, is being able to recognize where that trigger, like a, that that's a trigger in and of itself, Mm -hmm. where that trigger is coming from. And then taking the time to detach from that a little bit, as opposed to kind of letting it become all consuming ruminate, and then throw you off of your game, get you into your fight or flight state, your anxiety goes up, your cortisol goes up. And now this is not a conducive place to be (laughs) for anybody's health when they're all like, you know, stressed out and whatnot. So, right. Right. And like, I think it's one of my favorite things to, to think about is that just because we think something doesn't mean it's true. And I remember in that example I gave earlier about, you know, someone kind of questioning my decision to take a break and talking about how much harder, you know, just the difference between like 38 and 39 and how much harder it was going to be to conceive. And my immediate reaction was, well, my best friend just got accidentally pregnant at 39 and they weren't even trying, you know, but I know that I'm not, I actively try not to compare other people's stories because I don't think that that's very helpful. And I think that gives us both false hope and false discouragement, but put me, you know, back me into a corner. And that was immediately what it came up for me. (laughs) I don't even, that's not even the way my brain normally works, but in a pinch, like that's where it went. And I think we can have those moments and then sort of, you know, reevaluate and be like, okay, what do I really, what is really coming up for me? Why am I feeling this way? And yeah, where's this coming from? Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's the beautiful thing about humans. We have this consciousness and this capacity to be able to rationalize and to be able to criticize and and to think in this way. And so, I mean, it's a beautiful thing, but sometimes, yeah, sometimes it can take over our heads and that's just, yeah, just to be able to hold our work more than one thing as true that yes, mm-hmm. sometimes 
38 year olds, 39 year olds do get accidentally pregnant without trying. And sometimes they really struggle to conceive. And I don't know which of those I am. And if I choose to wait, it is a risk. And also maybe it will be fine. And you just got to kind of be able to hold it all and then trust your gut, trust your doctor. Trust the process. Yeah. And know that you're going to be okay no matter what. No matter what. Even in the times when you're not okay, you have the tools to be okay. Even in, even in that, you know, I mean, I, I have so many friends and um, people in my life who've just been through things that seem unbearable and yet they walk that path. They make it to the other side. They are happy again, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot. (laughs) This is life. We're in it. We're living it. There's no turning back now. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, let's switch gears a little bit. I would love to know more about your business and the work that you do with women um, in preconception, nutrition, and wellness. So over the years through working with a lot of different women and a lot of different health issues that a number of different women have, I've started to see a lot of the same patterns with regards to fertility. And so what I've done over the years is actually created a methodology. So as mentioned, I'm a preconception health coach with a focus on holistic nutrition and then the movement side of things. So when I look at like the lifestyle, the wellness piece, I I really also hone in on kind of like the fitness and the exercise component to that, as well as the mindfulness piece, because as we know as well, like going through this process can be quite stressful. And so we've got to really tap into the mind to kind of de-stress and be able to kind of move through this process as gracefully as we possibly can. So that being said, what I've done is created this methodology and I typically have what I call my four R's to getting pregnant. My four R's to getting pregnant is a methodology that I use with regards to nutrition and lifestyle, mainly kind of like with exercise. And I'll quickly run through what these four R's to getting pregnant are so you can understand kind of like what this Mm -hmm. methodology looks like. Um, This methodology works really well when I explain it to my clients because there's a lot that really goes into cleaning up your lifestyle, cleaning up your nutrition, especially depending on where you're coming in on a baseline, right? So everybody's health is on a certain part of the spectrum, right? We've got this long spectrum and maybe somebody has gut health issues, but there's no other problems. Maybe somebody has chronic migraine or chronic inflammation or diabetes, let's say. So depending on where you're coming in with regards to your current state of health, there's going to be a certain plan of action that I would work with that client to ensure that we can hit their goal of helping them conceive and then carry that healthy baby to term. The methodology that I use for this is called the four R's to getting pregnant. And the first R is all about removing. So we want to remove inflammatory, toxic foods and activities. Sometimes also exercise can be inflammatory and toxic to somebody's body, again, depending on their current state of health. So the first R is remove, removing the inflammatory, toxic foods, which could be like gluten, dairy, refined sugar, caffeine, alcohol. Again, just depending on the individual, it will have to be specific based on them. The first step is to remove things that are not serving their body. The second step after remove is replace. So after we remove, we now have to replace back into the body fertility boosting nutrients to really help boost up nutrient reserves for the body. Because as we know, once you get pregnant, the baby will steal everything from mama. 
And we know also in the first trimester of pregnancy, a lot of women are sick and don't feel well. And the last thing that they want to do is eat clean for the first three mm-hmm. months of their pregnancy. <laughs> and it's not even a want as much as you want to be able to eat clean. Sometimes you just physically cannot. Right. 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 I'm sure you can speak yes. to that. <laughs> so, yeah. I was lucky to feel good, but man, I ate my weight in mac and cheese and I'm not even, I don't even normally eat a lot of dairy. It's like dairy is sort of a condiment to me in normal life, but in pregnancy, it, it pretty much is my diet. I mean, it's terrible, but it yeah. always right now, it still sounds good. But in first trimester, it was like pretty much all I could eat <laughs> dairy and carbs. Well, yeah. Exactly. And, and that's okay too. That's totally okay. But uh, it's so important to be able to set the foundation for your health prior to getting pregnant mm-hmm. so that you can boost up your nutrient stores because you don't want to be going into pregnancy with low nutrient stores. Mm -hmm. Your baby is going to steal everything from you, leave you depleted. And then that means that your postpartum after you deliver baby will be a little bit more challenging, right? Maybe your hormones won't bounce back as quickly. Maybe you won't be able to lose the baby weight as quickly. There's a lot of variables here. So Mm -hmm. the second one is to replace with nutrient dense fertility foods, and then also replace it with specific workouts that are going to serve your body based on your current state of health. And then the third R is all about repair. So as a holistic nutritionist, I am obsessed with gut health and there's tons of research out there showing that now how much gut health is the foundation and the indicator of your overall health. So, you know, you could be eating the healthiest diet in the world, but if your gut is compromised and you're not able to assimilate and digest this food and you're not going to the bathroom every single day and dumping out toxins that we're ingesting just because naturally there's, we're taking in toxins all the time, Mm -hmm. then you're not really doing a service for your body. So the third R is all about repairing the gut. We do this through specific supplementation and specific nutrients. I like to stay focused on the food, but sometimes supplements are needed to bring in just to kind of bridge any gaps depending on on the current state of health. And then last but not least, the last R is all about rebalance. So rebalancing your hormones by eating for your menstrual cycle. So as a woman, we go through obviously a monthly menstrual cycle. And with that cycle comes every week, we have different symptoms that maybe will come up, right? We've got our PMS week where we might be feeling a lot of fatigue, a lot of bloating, a lot of lethargy. We have our ovulation week where we're feeling on top of the world. We feel high energy. We want to socialize with everybody. And then we have our period week where we're feeling tired, lethargic. But really the point I'm trying to get at here is each week of your cycle based on where your hormones are at, your body actually needs certain nutritional needs at that particular time. So I help women rebalance their hormones, or should I say optimize their hormones to optimize fertility by eating and exercising for your menstrual cycle. And I call this harnessing the power of your cycle. So all in all, in like a nice big package, these are the four R's and my methodology and kind of what I run through in my program when I work with women to conceive it's worked. It's worked for a lot of my clients and we see results and they feel great. Now they have all of these foundational tools and knowledge and wisdom to now carry on to their children and to carry on into being a mom now, learning how to cook or learning how to take time to make self-care for them and how to eat properly so that they have energy, how to nourish their body properly so that they have energy. So I look at it as literally like an athlete preparing for the Olympics. Mm -hmm. You are in your training phase right now, because when you want to go through pregnancy, 
that is almost like the Olympics on your body <laughs> for nine months. So I prep you first for the three months prior to getting pregnant. And then when it's time to get pregnant, it's like you have all of that foundational work done for you. You've got all the knowledge in your head. And then, you know, hopefully you can continue to abide by these principles as you move through pregnancy and then into, into motherhood. Great. So help us understand what does your business model look like? Like who are your ideal clients? When are you starting to work with them? And then how are you like, are you working? Is it a group coaching? Is it one-on-one? Like what is, how does it look? Mm -hmm. So I do offer group coaching at certain times of the year, but generally speaking, I do mainly one-on-one and I have a 12 week program that's called holistic pregnancy prep. And the reason why I say 12 weeks, okay, there's a couple pieces here. Cause you asked me a couple questions. I'm going to try and answer a few of them in this one answer. So I'll start with this. Ideally, I would love to be able to start working with clients at least a year prior to conceiving. Now that is my dream. That is my ideal <laughs> scenario situation because that is I've a very this. organized woman who's thinking about it a year ahead of time. <laughs> Ideally, I would love to start working with a client a year in advance, but yes, I, you know, as I started in this, in this industry, I realized, okay, most people are not planning a year out. However, if somebody has irregular periods, if they have PCOS, if they have endometriosis, I think these women have this a little bit more on top of their mind. I might have trouble getting pregnant. So what can I do to like really make sure that my body is healthy? So a lot of women who might, who already have maybe PCOS or endometriosis do come and see me more in advance. However, if we can't see you a year in advance, no problem. Ideally, I'd love to see clients at least three months prior to conceiving. And there's a specific reason to this. So it takes 90 days for a primordial egg. So women were born with all of our eggs, right? And then as we age, and as we start to get our period, we lose our eggs as we age. Now, since we're born with all of those eggs, those eggs that we're born with, they're called primordial eggs. And those primordial eggs take three months to develop 90 days three months to develop until they come into their mature state before they can actually be fertilized by a sperm. Now, at the same time, sperm also takes 90 days to develop. So every single thing that you're doing within 90 days prior to actually getting pregnant is going to impact A, your chances of conceiving because how healthy is your cervical mucus? How healthy is the quality of those eggs based on what you're doing with your lifestyle mm -hmm. three months prior? And it's the, the same thing goes for the male, but the male, they, they're always just regenerating sperm all the time, right? So it's not like us where we have a finite amount and then we keep depleting mm -hmm. as we age. So ideally I'd love to work with someone a year prior, but again, that's not necessarily always the case, but otherwise, ideally I'd love to start three months prior, but majority of the time I'll tell you in all honesty, most women come to me after they've started trying and can't get pregnant. Mm -hmm. That's in reality, how it all plays out, right? right? Because people think I'm just going to try first and I'll see what happens. And if I can't, then I'll do what I need to do to kind of take the necessary actions or steps to get pregnant. And usually the first thing that people do is go to the fertility clinic. Nothing wrong with the fertility clinics. Fertility clinics are absolutely amazing. The technology is there. There's been so much research and it allows opportunity like women like us to be able to have our own babies if we mm -hmm. want to. So it's beautiful, but you know, there's so much thank that can be done holistically with nutrition and lifestyle before right. you get to the fertility clinic, before you drop thousands of dollars on treatment, 
And so that's when I'm trying to really create a lot of awareness and education around that so that women can take a little bit more control of their health and be empowered to know that they have a little bit more control than they think. Absolutely. And even if women are going to the fertility clinic at the same time as they're working with you or, or, I mean, I, I went to the fertility clinic for fertility preservation. I think I was 36, about to turn 37 when I first kind of started into that. And I got none of this information. And I remember asking, was there anything I could do prior to my egg retrieval? And I did have about three months of lead up for various reasons where I could have been looking at my diet and supplementing it, you know, all of those things. And I didn't have any of the information and I didn't get it from the fertility clinic. And I specifically asked, and I remember at some point, I remember the day I stumbled upon information about CoQ10 that we actually could improve our egg quality. And I was like, why was this not the response to the question that I asked? Is there anything I can do to to improve my egg quality? Right. And so I've done three egg retrievals, two are back to back. And one was about a year prior to those second to, or the second and third and the embryo or the, I mean, at this point, the baby, the child that I'm carrying was created with my quote unquote older eggs. And I have embryos from both batches of eggs, but honestly, when I was making my selection about which embryo to transfer, I did think about everything that I did leading up to that retrieval it made me feel better to know this baby's coming from months of no plastics in my kitchen and no, you know, I mean, all of the little things that I was doing along the way that I didn't know to do before the first retrieval. So I think that even if you are, if your plan is to go straight to a fertility clinic, there's still room to be also working with someone like you who can give you all of that lifestyle information that they just don't have time or maybe even knowledge at the fertility clinic to give. Exactly. And I'm glad you made that point because I I have a lot of clients who I am working with currently that are also working with the fertility clinic at the same time. And when I speak to them, they say the fertility clinic is like you, you kind of go in, you have your appointment and you leave. A lot of my clients tell me like, I wish I had more time with my doctor, but I'm feeling a little bit rushed. And I feel like they're spewing out this information at me. And then like, I'm overwhelmed and I'm not sure what to do or what to ask. So I leave and then I'm confused. And so I know that being able to support women while they're at the fertility clinic at the same time is definitely beneficial because with my program, you do get more softer skill support. You know what I mean? Like the emotional support. I have like a six week or a 12 week program. And, you know, I really take the time to get to know my clients and I'm on calls with them every week for an hour. They have online modules that they get to watch for my online program on the computer. So there's really a lot of developing rapport, developing trust. And I know that that in itself, that feeling of nurturing and support from somebody outside of their partner or their best friend or their parent, who is, you know, an expert in the field alone makes them feel so much better, Mm -hmm. so much calmer. And you're now putting your nervous system in your parasympathetic mode, the rest and digest state, which is what you want your body to be in, in order for you, for you to conceive properly. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm very glad you made that point because that absolutely does happen as well. So a client would sign up with you and that entails both one-on-one coaching and then also kind of an online course that they're working through with all of the information about the four R's. Exactly. And because like I'm a yoga teacher, I'm a personal trainer. So they get workouts in there. The three pillars are really like nutrition mindset and lifestyle. And then life within lifestyle, you have 
the exercise component. And then, like you said, the environmental component, right? Like clearing the plastics from your kitchen, looking at your personal care products, your hygiene products, your household cleaning products. We literally go through their entire life. (laughs) with regards to nutrition, with regards to the products that they use, with regards to their exercise. So generally speaking, I have this online platform, which houses my online course. And that information is the same all the way through. But then I personalize the program in our one-on-one calls based on their particular needs. That makes sense. Are most of your clients, I assume just because of trying to conceive, most of your clients are coupled, probably. Are they mostly in their thirties? Are they, I mean, is there an age group? Yeah. Majority, majority of my clients are in their thirties. I do have, uh, I had some in their late twenties who also tried to conceive and were having trouble, you know, six months to a year of trying. And they were like, what's going on? I don't know Mm -hmm. what's going on. And then also some in in their early forties as well. And I have all a different variety of couples. So, and also some single women as well. So I kind of experience all of it. Is there a time that you would say would be too early to start working with you? Like, let's say I'm a single woman and I'm 35 and I think I'm going to maybe give it till 40 before I decide to be a single mother by choice with working with you years in advance of, you know, being ready to conceive Would that make sense. Yes, absolutely. I say, you know, Pretty much if you're planning on having a baby, you should always be mindful of what you're putting in your body and what you're doing to your body at any stage of life. I mean, we should probably always do that in general, just for our own overall health. My program is focused on fertility and getting pregnant, but everything that I teach you in the program is essentially just all the principles and things that you can do to optimize and naturally preserve your fertility. So if you want to get pregnant five years from now, and you want to do the program now, great. You're prepping yourself, learning all the skills, you're learning all the tools, you're getting all the recipes, you're doing the meal plan. I've been doing preconception lifestyle myself for the last seven years. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean I'm not a big drinker, but from time to time, I'll indulge a little bit, but that's okay. Because life is all about balance 80, 20. But outside of that, I take my supplements to optimize my egg quality. I'm drinking bone broth daily. I'm always getting in my greens. I know how to stabilize my blood sugar by eating proper, healthy, balanced meals throughout my day. I'm picking specific nutrients that I know are going to kind of supercharge my ovulation and be nourishing to my hormones. And I have to say that I don't know what this is like for you. And if you want, you can share as well. But because we go through our monthly cycle as well, I suffer quite a bit from PMS. Like I get irritable. I have bouts of crying, you know, before I get my period. So everything that I do to optimize my fertility and naturally preserve my fertility through my nutrition by learning how to eat and exercise for my menstrual cycle, not only preserves my fertility, but it also helps me beat my PMS. It also helps me just really take charge of my own health and feel the best I could possibly feel just moving month through month as a woman, as I age through my thirties, because our hormones are always changing. Mm -hmm. Once we think we got something figured out, it's like something else comes around. I was like, nope, now Mm -hmm. I got something else for you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I know a lot of women suffer from PMS, from PMDD. And these are like very extreme forms of premenstrual disorder. And so even if you go through the holistic pregnancy prep program, you're going to be able to really kind of optimize your health in general, just from the principles you're learning from the program. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. 
So I could definitely see women working with you just to even understand their bodies. Like where else do we learn about our cycles and like how our bodies work? I mean, I had to really have an adult RE mansplain fertility to me at 36, just when I went in to freeze my eggs. Cause I didn't know, like I didn't know, you know, I hadn't needed to know until that point. Exactly. And this was something that really hit me too in my early thirties. And especially as I, as I was building my program and in the online modules, I have one slide that says, this is every woman's birthright to understand their body, mm-hmm. to understand how it works and to understand how your cycle is impacting, because it impacts everything. Your hormones will impact your mood. They're gonna impact your food cravings. It's gonna impact your sleep quality. Mm -hmm. It's gonna impact your motivation, your social habits. It's gonna impact your memory, your focus. Literally, it impacts your entire life. So if you can understand your body, your hormones, and how your hormones have an influence and impact on your mind and your body, you are winning because you can take that information and now you can use that and plan your weeks and plan your months knowing that when it's PMS time for me, I do not want to hang out with my friends. And I'm a very, very social person. I love my friends. I love going out. I love socializing, but there's like three days out of the month where it doesn't, you cannot get me out of my house. I don't care who is coming to the party. (laughs) I'm not going to be there because my progesterone is flying high. My estrogen is dropped low. And for me, this is just a recipe for me to be introverted, to be quiet, to be on my own and to be able to nourish and and rest for myself so that I can come out on the other end with bells on and ready to go again after, you know, my hormones have come out of their kind of like super state. Yeah. How empowering to understand that that is coming on the calendar and that it is hormonal and that the feelings that you're feeling are based on your cycle versus like, I've had the experience many, many times where I'm like, the world is shit. Everything's going yes. to, you know, it's all a big What's dumpster fire. Everything's terrible. <laughs> and then I start my period. I'm like, oh, oh, maybe, maybe it could be a teensy part of that, but <laughs> it's just, you know, when you're not, when you're not aware of it, and I've thought about it with parenting too. I'm like, I'm having a son, but I'm like, he's going to know all these things and he's going to really be throwing it female partners off when he's like, well, are you ovulating? You know, and they're like, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> I have no love idea how to know if I'm ovulating. <laughs> I love that you yes. say that. Well, that's my friends. Uh, whenever they tell me they're feeling this way in their body or they, they have some sort of complaint, I always look at them and I'm like, where are you in your cycle? And they're like, Nora, if you ask me that question one more time. <laughs> and I'm like, just stop. Think about it for a second. Where are you in your cycle? And then we look out, we map it all out. And they're like, Oh, so it's actually, there's a term for it. This is called body literacy. So Mm -hmm. if you Google body literacy, this is a new thing that's coming up now that uh, I think it's so important for young girls and young women to start learning about this at an early age so that they can empower themselves coming into their twenties and into their Mm -hmm. thirties. But regardless of the age, wherever you are, this is called body literacy, understanding your body. It's quite empowering because when I started to learn about all this and I was able to connect the dots with my moods, with my sugar cravings, with my like waking up in the middle of the night, all sweaty and like, what is going on with my body? But then as soon as I started tracking my cycle and understanding what's going on with my hormones and what that means for me, I was like, this all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not going crazy. Yeah. And then you don't plan a big event the week that, you know, you're not going to feel like going, or you just you know, exactly. you can kind of plan your, your life around it. Well, Nora, what else would you like us to know about your business or what other things would you like to share with the community? 
what I would have loved to share is this body literacy piece. And since we already just talked about it, I would say like, it's never too late. It's never too late to get started, to optimize your health. And even when you feel like you've tried everything and, you know, nothing is giving you results, there's always still a little bit of hope. And I think it's a matter of just finding the right practitioner. It's finding the right person who you vibe and who you resonate with and being able to kind of trust your body I trust the wisdom of your body and trust the process and knowing that when it's meant to be, it will happen for you. But it's just about, I guess, trying to be a little bit graceful um, on that journey as you move through it. And I know it's probably easier, much easier said than done to just trust the process and it will happen for you when it's ready. If you know somebody's been trying for many years, it's exhausting. They want to give up. But like you had mentioned, you wanted to take a break and you honored your body and you took a break. We really need to come back to ourselves, come back to our intuition, take time to be quiet, to be still so that we can listen to that little voice inside of us that knows what we need to do for ourselves and knows what we need to do at that particular time. It's really just creating that space for ourselves to be able to tap into that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I have kind of a, a mental picture of an open palm of it, of the hand and that we can put these things much of, of what you're talking about and teaching, you know, the nutrition and the exercise and the, you know, all, everything we know about fertility and, and how our bodies work, you know, we can put all of these good things into our hand and kind of hold it in an open palm. But when we start to grasp and squeeze and, and be desperate in our pursuit of this, Thing that we want to happen on our time and not, you know, the universe's time, that's where we start to throw off the balance. And, you know, in all of the Facebook groups and things like that for, for single mothers by choice, you get a lot of questions like, you know, has anyone tried acupuncture and does it work? And, and then you're like, how do I answer that in a, in a Facebook? Like, I'd like to respond, yes. but I don't know how to sum it up. But really what I believe is I did acupuncture and I got pregnant. Like, did the acupuncture help me get pregnant? I'll never know. But I think the fact that I did it with the belief that it is helping and it's beneficial. And as I lay there on that table, I thought about, I could feel the energy moving in my body and it, you know, it felt like a good thing I was doing for myself. And I kind of added it to that pile of these little actions that I was taking in faith that I was preparing my body I mean, I think it's both. There's the physical impact of what we put in our bodies really does matter. And choosing, you know, a salad over a milkshake does make a difference. But also the act of making the choice is kind of a vote for, I'm choosing to prepare myself for this. I'm choosing, like, I want this enough to make the choice that maybe isn't the most instant gratification, but it's the one that kind of shows the universe that I'm ready. Exactly, exactly. And I, I feel a lot of the same way about my clients who start working with me and who have been trying and haven't gotten pregnant maybe right away. And then they start to take my program five weeks into my program, they get pregnant. And you know, I get super excited. And you know, like every single time somebody tells me they're pregnant, I feel like I'm pregnant. <laughs> That's how excited I get. But then sometimes again, just, you know, being completely honest and transparent and real, I think, you know, was that really me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like, was it you know, did something shift in them because they took the time 
to invest their health, to invest into mm -hmm. this program with me. They had my support. And again, they're kind of creating this whole space and environment around that, showing them, showing the universe to them that they're ready to make this happen. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, again, I know a lot of the physicality and the strategies that I'm doing with regards, like you said, to the new, the nutrition and, and the exercise piece for sure definitely helps. But at the end of the day, like, how do you actually know when that conception happens? Like, truly was right. the reason why that happened. You're never going to know. We're never going to know really. I don't think, right. but, but it has to be, both. I mean, it has to be both has to be exactly. what you're doing. And, you know, it, so in my day job, which I don't talk about very often on the podcast, cause it's not super relevant, but I work with teachers who work with students with dyslexia, but in the past I, I worked more face-to-face -face with the students. And one of the things that I did as part of my practice, when I got a, you know, a new student qualified for services was I had a very frank conversation with them about making sure that they understood what dyslexia is, how it affects the brain, what it is and isn't, you know, that it doesn't mean you're not smart and, you know, all of those things, but it was really important for them to hear me say, I know how to help you. Like you've had a lot of adults who've tried, but they don't have the same background and the same training that I have. Like I am an expert in this field who knows how to help you. And that's true. I do have a lot of training, but also what was so important was the students buy-in and belief that like, okay, now I'm with the lady who knows how to help me. So I'm going to actually make progress. And I needed the students to really trust that if they would engage with me, that they would see the result. Um, because it's both, we both had a part. I needed to actually know what I was doing, but they needed to show up expecting results. And I just, I think it's very perfect similar. analogy. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, no, that's, I, I a hundred percent agree with you there. It needs to be on both parties for sure. And then it's almost like, you know, the, the law of attraction is even if you want something so badly, but it's not in front of you, you still want to be able to feel the feelings like it's already there, mm -hmm. right? Because feeling the feelings like it's already there and you have and you've acquired what you desire so badly is just going to attract it that much quicker into your physical realm. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the whole mindset piece. That's mm -hmm. the whole mindset component. And so I talk about that quite a bit, actually, in the first module of my program, because we always start with mindset, exactly like you did with your story that you just said at the very beginning, you sat down with your students, this is what you told them. And then that laid the foundation that laid the groundwork. And then from there, now we start moving forward with all the other things that we can do. So a hundred percent, I love that you shared that. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I love the idea that, you know, if we get to choose our thoughts, why wouldn't we choose to believe the, you know, the positive, why wouldn't we choose what we want to believe that it's going to happen? And, you know, I've had this really strange experience. I think I've talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but when I got back my um, PGS testing on my five embryos, I had sent off testing for eight. I got the information back. I had five healthy embryos and I don't know why or how, I mean, this is really one of those, like the universe had its way with me. And I looked at the five lines of data and there was one that I just knew that's my son. And it wasn't the highest ranked embryo. There was no reason on paper why I should have felt that way, but I did. It was very clear and very immediate and I never wavered. And it has allowed me, I mean, not that I've had like no nervousness, like usually I'm fine until about the day before a doctor's appointment. And then I start to be like, oh my gosh, what if I find out something terrible tomorrow? You know I mean? Just like the normal anxieties. But for the most part, every step of this pregnancy, when I hear that everything looks good and everything's right on track and everything's developing perfectly, 
I have this sense of, yeah, that makes total sense. I know. Yeah, like, of like, course it is. I know. It is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's totally a choice. I mean, I could also fixate because I know women. And I mean, even right now in my life, I have women who are about, you know, in a similar place in pregnancy, kind of midway who have had losses at this point. And I could really hone in on those stories and feel very fearful and create a story that made a lot of sense that like, no one would blame me for having fears around loss. So it's an active choice to focus on trusting Mm -hmm. that, that little voice that told me, this is your son, everything's going to be fine, but it is a, it is an active daily choice. And I think, yeah, yeah, I think for your clients as well, just, you know, knowing that they're going to do the work they're going to put in, they're going to actually make the changes in their lifestyle and stuff, but they're also going to believe that doing those things will lead to the result. Even if if they don't know exactly when or how, or exactly what it's going to look like, Mm -hmm. just that the act of engaging in showing up and making those changes is going to be worthwhile. Yes, absolutely. You gave me goosebumps when you said that. It's just like, again, like when you said the, that you knew out of those five embryos, that was the one. The second <laughs> you said that, I literally got goosebumps everywhere. So, and there's so much power in that, right? There's just so much power in that because look at where you are now. And you just knew, you, you just knew. And sometimes things cannot be explained. You just know, you know, that's it. Well, Nora, thank you so much for chatting with me. And where can people find you if they want to do one of your programs or just find out more about your, your work? Yeah. So actually I'd love to, I've got a free resource available. Uh, it's like um, a little guide on how to eat for your menstrual cycle to help you get pregnant. And I've got some recipes in there. So you can find that at www.naturallynora.ca backslash eat. And that's where you can find that little guide. Otherwise, my website is www.naturallynora.ca. So my business is called Naturally Nora. My name is Nora, obviously. (laughs) And then um, it's .ca because I'm in Canada, not .com. So just make sure you do .ca. And I'll put it Uh, in the show notes too, so people can scroll down and and click. Perfect. And then from the website there, and you know, there's an option to fill in a discovery form if you want to have a call with me. And my services are on my website, and you can also find me at naturally underscore Nora on Instagram. Thank you for having me on the show. And also thank you for being brave and putting together this podcast and sharing your personal story and allowing a platform for other women who are in a similar position to listen and to share because I came across your podcast through my research when I was deciding, you know, if this is the path for me that I wanted to take. And I think being able to listen to stories and hear that, you know, you're not alone on this journey is so empowering and it feels you don't feel so alone and it doesn't feel as lonely. So really Mm -hmm. thank you for, for having me on the show and for starting this podcast yourself. Yes. Well, I'm so glad that you reached out. I think you're a great fit. And I hope that this conversation helps a lot of people and that they will look more into, I I know we could have talked for hours about the four R's. There's so much more information (laughs) that you could share specifically about how you work with people. So I hope that people will really seek out um, your website and talk with you because I do think that that information there's some general information, but then the best way is really to probably to get a personalized look at your specific situation. And so it would be fabulous if everybody would just sign up to work with you. (laughs) I know, right? Tell me about it. Yes, please. (laughs) Thank you for joining me for this episode of the single greatest choice podcast. I'm your host, Katie B. 
You can learn more about me, this podcast, and the Single Greatest Choice Coaching at my website, www.singlegreatestchoice.com, or find me on Instagram at single underscore greatest underscore choice. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a minute to rate and review in iTunes. That helps more women to find our show. Until next time, I'm sending you all of my love and support as you go about making the choices that will create a life you love.